0: It's that time you've been waiting for. Oh, sorry, I just hit my microphone. Whatever Wednesday is, what we're doing today with my mm-hmm. Kimosabi, my partner in crime, <laughs> <laughs> the man, brother with the from plant. the same mother, brother from the exact same mother. <laughs> <laughs> There's no difference at all in our mothers.
1: Just she the has s- the same name. She is the
0: same woman. All right, let's roll the tape all righty we're back Mm -hmm. we're doing this thing i am uh i've I've had a, a weekend on the slopes
1: oh i wondered what all those uh snowy pictures were about yeah we um we didn't. Oh, what were you doing?
0: Well, it was an X twenty nine retreat, so it actually wasn't. We didn't go down the slope. So, I we, went down to my bum with the babies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, no oh, sexy a-
0: snowboarding a- for me. It was, um, <laughs> it was just uh, a little bit of snow time. The first time the kids saw snow, though, so that was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. The first day we went out, it was like a blizzard, whiteout. You know, it's freezing, but they were just high on life, and we, we just. Uh, and then the next yeah. day was just beautiful. So we went out there. And uh, just otherwise hanging out with the X-29 guys in New Zealand. Just um, just a total retreat on X-29. We just hang out and uh, kind of just chill, talk, eat, you know. Uh, sort of, sort of uh, got this really cool place up there in the mountain. So it was nice. It was really good. I, um, awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and we took all our family with. So and they, where was
1: the mountain? Uh,
0: the mountain is it's Mount Rope in Ohakuni. Which is yeah. Okay,
1: um, for the rest of the world, that means what? North Island, like is it
0: North Island sort of around the? Yeah, I want to north say Island. middle, but a little bit lower than the middle of the North Island. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, all right cool. Yeah. I
1: didn't realize you have mountains like that.
0: Oh, dude, we got that one. That's actually, I think,
1: if- <gasps> is that where they were when they were filming Lord of the Rings when they were all walking above the snowy mountains. Is that where they filmed it? Yes
0: absolutely nice no i have no idea
1: <laughs> you have no idea do you? i actually think they filmed that in the studio uh,
0: all <laughs> i know is uh what, what is the elf place again the the place where Wait, elves, riverdale riverdale River- was, um, rivendale rivendale. rivendale is right next to where i used to live oh it's right it, you know now you know, you've know. you been in my house in wainui so yeah. you got an upper hut that's where you know just if you keep going you know, a little bit. That's Rivendell. That's Rivendell. You know, obviously without no the CGI and whatnot, but yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> Which was considerable.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, it's beautiful, but you do not I want think...
0: to go in with the expectation that you're going to see Rivendell, like as it is. In the it region. would
1: be so cool if you could just drive fast. Like imagine if your post code was like Rivendell though. You'd yeah. be like, that oh, would be cool. I know. Well, I mean, mm. we already
0: live in Wellington, which is Middle Earth. Totally. Know. So it's just, I mean, can you really ask for more? And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you've got that Hobbiton place, and that's like not CGI. You can go and check it out. It's pretty
1: awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, but, what, is it just like a is it just like um, a tourist thing, or do people actually live there?
0: No, people. Well, it's uh, close to where people live, but yeah, it's a little area there. Um, okay. Yeah, I haven't actually seen it.
1: So, Haven't you? No. You gotta save it for next time I'm there, bro.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. We'll do it then. Um, but yeah, I was hanging We'd out with. Wait, um, but... This is some good news as well. I, uh, I was hanging out with um, um, a couple, part of x 29, that listen to um, the show regularly, and you're their favorite guy.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nick. Sorry, Chris. Yes, get in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, yeah. I mean, I'm very humble about it, of course, but
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought, I thought you'd like to like know to- that. I was like, wow, really? Are you sure? And she's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I, I had this impression that basically everyone everyone hated me. So that's actually quite a relief. No. But, no, no, but no. they obviously like to keep it light. They like to keep it light. They like <laughs> to keep it fresh. Don't, don't like to get too deep into any theological topic. just like to flit around. No, somewhere bro. On no, the
0: no, no. The girl that said this, <laughs> dude, she's deep, bro. In fact, she's a serious girl. I mean, like, she rebuked me for speaking Hebrew.
1: She rebuked you. Yeah, because I was making light Hebrew. of
0: it, you know. Like I was doing a little party trick, you know. I was kind of like quoting uh, some, um, oh, you know, someone, yeah. you know, whatever from from memory. And she was um, like, Wait, just,
1: "We're not at church on Sunday. Dude, can't do that."
0: No, it was it was worse. But I was like, "Here we go, guys. Psalm one thirty one in Hebrew. Boom. Pull this amazing move. You know, it's like yeah. who knows who knows Hebrew from memory like that. Okay, and yeah." And then at the end, you know what she says to me? Well. What? what? Do you want a round of applause or something? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Lauren uh... McFarlane. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, so wow. That, that cut deep. And I just I felt very convicted because I realized I was kind of showing off, you know? Yeah, totally yeah but also, i also i am quite proud of that you know like i do want to just kind yeah. of let people know yeah <laughs> yeah no it's not uh, like the way i like yeah. i like to just make friends like that you know it's a friendly thing sort of showing off yeah. thing. just to be cut <laughs> down
1: like dude anyway cut down for, it's good for you mike it's good for yourself it's good for me
0: but she built me up slowly again i'm good i'm back
1: okay that's I'm good back. so you're yeah. finished crying now i
0: am finished <laughs> shit that's brutal yeah but, yeah, that was me. Oh, and, I um, haven't
1: done any Greek and Hebrew in a very long time. Yeah, I can tell.
0: I know. <laughs> Whenever we read Hebrew and Greek together, I can tell.
1: Oh, so painful. Yeah. Dude. Painful. I, on the other hand, Just so excellent. time-consuming.
0: I'm just like, I've just got my new, I just showed you a picture of my new apostolic Bible, right? By that I mean, not yes. charismatic, but the original, baby. <laughs> it's
1: your apostolic steering team Bible. <laughs>
0: yeah. Nope, not one apostolic of those. Apostolic
1: Steering Team Study Bible.
0: Not one ignore, of those.
1: Ignore what's written in the left-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> what did you dream last night? <laughs> this should determine the direction <laughs> the direction of the church.
0: <laughs> no, not one of those. Buy Apostolic Bible. Does I it mean... have
1: the footnotes in bold? <laughs> yeah.
0: Septuagint, that's what I mean, Septuagint. Okay, um, so, like you know, the one the apostles used, and yeah, yeah, it's just um, reading it, bro, it's amazing. So there's that, and then why um, did
1: they use the Septuagint, bro? Why did they do that? Well, is we, it just because it was vernacular? or Were they no? Were that's they the big debate. Giving, they were yeah. That's because it debate. seems like they favor it in a way that doesn't just mean. That in, in a way that just isn't, not just about convenience of language. You know, they're writing in Greek, so they quote from the Greek Bible. Right. It seems like they favor it in other ways.
0: Well, when there's a discrepancy between the Hebrew and the Greek, they choose the Greek. Yeah. See, now that's just mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, but again, I guess you could argue yeah. that that's because they think that people are more likely to be reading the Greek.
0: But I mean, wow. When you're making a theological sort of case, you know? Yeah. And it's quite different from the... Hebrew one, because you know when you have those experiences where they go, and you know, Isaiah said this, and then you're like, oh, cool, let me go check it out. It's a footnote, and you go to the the Old (laughs) Testament. Isaiah
1: said nothing of the sort. (laughs) He just said nothing like that, you know, and that's because our English
0: translations are coming from the Hebrew. But yeah, like you go to the Septuagint, and that's exactly what he said, and that's what they chose. And it's just like, that is really quite crazy.
1: Also, sometimes when they say, as is written in the prophet Isaiah, Mm -hmm. they use Isaiah as representative of the prophet's. Don't they?
0: Yeah, true. Uh,
1: so they say, as is written in the law, and that could be sort of any in the law, as is written in the prophets, could be any of the prophets. But sometimes they use, um, they use a particular prophet mm. as representative of all the prophets. So it's normally Isaiah because he was like the, mm. the heavyweight prophet. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think the Table of Nations one's really interesting because mm. the Table of Nations, obviously in Genesis ten, mm-hmm. and there's seventy names or, or, or nations mentioned there. In the Hebrew, it's 70. In the Greek, it's 72. Yeah, that's it. And that's why when Luke does it, he yeah. says sends out the 72, because yeah. he's obviously got the, the Greek in front of him. Yes. It, just, it was so significant yeah. that, I mean, the, the theology of, the, of the Jesus sending out the 72 was so significant mm-hmm. that they wanted to correlate it with Genesis, Mm-hmm. And if the Genesis manuscript they were using is Hebrew, then they would have to, in order to draw out the theological significance, they would have to translate it as 70. Whereas if they were in uh, reading from the 72, the, the Septuagint, then they would have to um, sort of copy the manuscript saying 72. Yeah. Now that's really interesting because it shows that, that um, in terms of the exact number was less important yeah. than the theological significance totally it's which is blowing. massive mm. massive for thinking about the doctrine of inerrancy. and even symbolism you know and, and, and yeah, the way well, it relates to how to read to, the bible yeah how to read the bible in other words what what you know is are we going over the top by by reading these similarities mm. you know by uh, these allusions from you know, Luke ten and Genesis ten, mm-hmm. and I think I think this this what the what the manuscripts are telling us is that there's strong evidence to say that actually no, this was so important mm. that they would make sure that their New Testament document lined up with the Old Testament manuscript that, that they would have access to. Mm. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? It's huge. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. And so it also means that with inerrancy, you've got to be super careful not to take an overly fundamentalist view
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where you are harping on too much about the detail. Because yeah. <clears> we, from a 21st century point of view, are thinking, well, are there 70 people or 72 people? Yeah. They're thinking at it in a theological point of view. Yeah. So it's not to say that it isn't true mm. or that they're not concerned with truth or not concerned with historical facts. It's just that they are also concerned to represent theology symbolically. And right. when they're doing that, you have to you have to bear that in mind.
0: Totally. Well, I mean, and also it's likely that it was neither 70 nor 72. You know, yeah, um, it, yeah. In, in terms Could of the have been way, yeah, does 69. Yeah, actually, exactly, yeah. and so this, this, it's almost like I see it more as. I mean, certainly it, it affects um, inspiration. I mean, uh, the way you view inspiration and verbal plenary inspiration at that, but um, it's it's really just again, I suppose, much of what we've been saying before, but um, hermeneutics. You know, it's just you've got to. M- most of the issues regarding inerrancy can be boiled down to you know, hermeneutics. If you, need to, you need to know when something is speaking symbolically. You need to know when something is being referred to theologically. I mean, you know, the gospel accounts are classic in that regard. You know, the way that the chronology works and, you know, half of the issues that challenge uh, the inerrancy of the gospel accounts really come down to the same thing, in that these gospel authors were willing to place a certain level of precedence on on their own uh kind of version of the the chronology so as to make a mm-hmm. theological point rather than um rather than sticking to a strictly sort of you know historical yeah. process there and so you know that's a hermeneutic thing you, you've you got to understand yeah. what they're doing you've got to understand the authorial intent you've got to uh work around that and as soon as you start imposing stuff that shouldn't be there um mm-hmm. you know you, you're going to end up in trouble um so, and, and I think a lot of the stuff, you know, it actually reminds me of as well. Um, if you've ever looked at the Wayne Grudem thing, where he basically makes an argument for New Testament errant prophecy um, based on Agabus and his prophecy right. of what would right. happen to Paul. And, you know, what's so interesting about that is that if he makes his case, if, if it's true, if Grudem is right, then almost every single prophecy about Jesus is wrong. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, because none you know, of them use you know, that. None of them use that that scrupulous sort of exacting uh, method. They use you know general ideas and symbols, and you know they can really be you know they can find their fulfillment in no other thing but Jesus's death and resurrection. But they don't do it yeah. with the way that. Uh, the way that perhaps um, you know Grudem would would want uh, an inerrant prophecy to look like, you know, which is it yeah. sort of betrays that that uh, that understanding of inerrancy when he looks at at that uh, trying to argue for errant prophecy. You kind of see what he's yeah. getting for with inerrancy, and and he sort of you know if you follow that through to its logical con- conclusion, it ends up being reductio ad absurdum, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: do you know do you know what throws I mean because i'm I'm sold on this like you know if you, you preaching once through revelation you just see how symbolic not only revelation is but how symbolic the Old Testament is you know mm-hmm. so that's symbolism that runs through the Bible and I think this is what makes you know I, not that I've read a huge amount of Klein but but the Klein that I have read or at least what I've heard about about what he's written. Um, mm-hmm. Is exciting precisely because he's not shy of this point. Yeah, you know, that's true. He 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 understands the types and patterns and symbols are just a a huge way of how um, you know Jewish thinking developed and also how the scriptures developed. It was it was um, it's super important for mm. understanding the Bible. Mm. But the one thing. The one thing that does throw a slight spanner in the works for me that makes me, that, that kind of, if you like, is the handbrake or the seatbelt to say you just have to be a little bit careful about this kind of thing mm-hmm. is that, um, is the way that Daniel interprets Jeremiah's 70 years of exile. Mm. Because yeah. he, uh, now, normally, if you're going through Daniel, you're going through Revelation, you see a number like 70, mm-hmm. you know. Or anywhere in the Bible, to be mm. fair, you know, how many times must I forgive? 70 times seven, mm. 77. Mm. You know, seven is clearly, silly saying you never stop forgiving, right? You, mm-hmm. It's infinite. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's, you know, and that starts with the days of creation and on the mm. seventh day rest because mm. it's all complete. So it's that wholeness, completeness mm. um, idea that runs all the way through the Bible. But Daniel interprets Jeremiah's prophecy literally.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: That is interesting, isn't it? So so it for me, that's a, a massive warning that although um, I think it's it's impossible to sustain the kind of classic dispensational fundamentalist view of the scriptures where everything is literal all the time, mm-hmm. it's impossible to sustain that. That's clearly not the right hermeneutic. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, um, there is a slight warning that you, we don't go over the top with symbolism. That mm. We have to—you have to take it case by case. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's really really important. Taking—you have to take every situation and assess it with, according to um, you know proper exegetical hermeneutical principles from mm. the beginning, mm-hmm. um, because every case might be different. And I haven't quite figured that out yet. I haven't quite figured out why exactly it was literal. And and the thing is. Even though Daniel interprets Jeremiah, just hang on, seventy years.
0: 70- whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa! Oh, yeah. Let me stop you. How many cups of Yo. coffees have you had?
1: Man, a lot. <laughs> Look, it's already ten o'clock. <laughs> is your uh,
0: are you okay?
1: <laughs> this is, how I, get, this is how I get through the day. Bro. Is this like?
0: Is this the thing that happens before you pass out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> am i uh am i going on a bit
0: i feel like i feel like i'm gonna have to like <laughs> you know put you on on like minus one's playback speed <laughs> to get lauren is not gonna like you anymore if you keep uh, going like this man no, it's just i like, can't
1: lose lauren's approval
0: dude it's too you know i don't know it's just too fast it's too out okay. there okay. you're just I'll coming at me bro you're like
1: I'm sorry I'm hitting you I mean and, dude
0: We're talking about
1: and, s- No do you know what it is It's cause This has actually been something That I've been wanting to talk to you about For ages <laughs> <laughs> So it's like a lot of A lot of Built up <laughs> Built up excitement <laughs> And so now it's like Just It's just gushing out Now that I've got the opportunity <laughs> I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of Puking it out <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy i mean are we really talking oh. about the 70 weeks of daniel Whew. Dude, I
1: mean, no not know. the 70 weeks that's that's not what we're talking about
0: okay what are we talking about
1: we're talking about jeremiah's prophecy that exile will last for 70, oh, right, 70 years it.
0: yeah so like he's he's um he's uh basically taking it over to that 70th year
1: yeah, and then, and then Daniel's in exile, and he's yeah, like, he's Lord like, right, is this is it, to, it. Yeah. this is it. I'm yeah. going to pray
0: to you now, yeah. Wow.
1: And, um, well, you know what, I and, think
0: I think that's a good yeah. segue to Theology Thursday. Right. Is it?
1: Just take If you want to take it there. That's I don't know, good. is it like,
0: are you going to go crazy theological, or are you going to,
1: what are you doing? No, nah, I was just kind of wrapping up the discussion, really. On, Were you? Uh, After all that excitement? yeah. yeah. It was all to make the one point. Okay, right. The Let's, one have point.
0: It. Let's have it in the rapid guy.
1: <laughs> the one point. The one point was just that you have to be super careful about it. Right. But what's interesting. Yeah. Interesting about it. And I think this just illustrates the whole conundrum. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that even though is this slow enough for you?
0: Mm, kind of feeling a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah. I want someone to hold me right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's because you look like you're sitting in jail. <laughs> yeah. And you got a massive saw that says Oh death behind you what, yeah. what, what, what? I mean what is that about
0: <laughs> That's just reminding me that The days yeah, They've been cut like a saw over my head
1: So is it like Oh death because yeah. Like oh death where is your sting Because I think that's quite a vital part of the verse That you're missing out No well it's, it's just, the, just like, the
0: oh death is coming for you, you know? Oh death Oh death
1: you got to go to the lonesome valley. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay, can I make my point now without you mocking me? All
0: right. As long as you do it with tact and slowly and calmly.
1: Okay. It's
0: a theological right. show.
1: <laughs> Jeremiah yeah. uh, makes a prophecy that the exile in Babylon is going to last for 70 years. Mm-hmm. Daniel is in exile in Babylon on that 70th year Mm. as he gets on his knees and he's praying for things to get sorted out. Mm -hmm. And they do kind of, Mm -hmm. but not totally. Mm -hmm. So Daniel was both right and wrong to interpret the 70 years literally. Mm. So there is a sense in which there was partial fulfillment, but the Jews never regarded themselves as having been totally free from exile, because mm-hmm. they were still under the authority of rulers ever since that point, mm. um, you know, up until the Romans in Jesus' time, yeah. which is why they expected the Messiah to overthrow the Romans. So, um, Daniel saw partial fulfillment, mm-hmm. but he didn't see total fulfillment, Right, which means that the way he was reading the prophecy in Jeremiah was partially correct. And I think that that's it's. I think that it sums up more or less what's going on with Bible prophecies and symbolism, Mm -hmm. is that there is a partial literal fulfillment, Mm -hmm. but then there is also a typological Mm -hmm. ultimate fulfillment. Totally. And you have to have both of those things in your mind whenever you're looking at numbers and symbols throughout Old and New Testament.
0: And again, your covenantal hermeneutical grid is going to kind of sort that out for you. You know, Um, if you understand that. Everything from Abraham onwards is basically going to be temporally, partially, you know, um, typologically fulfilled as a precursor to its full fulfillment. I mean, that's going to guide you even in those moments where you're, mm. where you know, um, are thinking about how to interpret or why they interpret it literally and yet not, you know, it it's continued on. I mean, it's all hermeneutics, I think, but um, Klein as well, very helpful in that regard. You know, just able to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to 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 break that down in terms of that typological ultimate fulfillment thing that he calls it the two tiered, uh, or the two stage, sorry, fulfillment. Um, you know, you got that level one, level two thing going on, which um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna obviously if that's true, it's gonna affect every single prophecy of the Bible. So, amen to that. One time, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, good talk. Uh, Wednesday, what do we talk about today? Just to wrap up
1: we talked about fame and glory
0: uh-huh you've talked about
1: being humbled to the dust oof felt that yeah and we talked about and um, we sp- we spoke about the 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 table of nations and the 70 things and
0: and the awesomeness of inerrancy. the Septuagin.
1: we spoke about inerrancy and uh-huh. we spoke about inspiration Uh and we also critiqued a classic dispensational reading of symbolic numbers and prophecies and with and Gruden's reading of prophecy
0: and we said the the Septuagint Apostolic Bible is awesome
1: that's right yeah especially the (sighs) footnote
0: it's a hard day's work bro
1: (sighs) we got a lot done
0: all right thanks for joining me
1: (laughs) no worries